This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. There's something that you are not doing right now. You're not exploring something or asking for something or acting on something. And why? Well, it's kind of obvious. It's because it's a bad idea, right? That's how you feel. You feel like it's a bad idea. But let's interrogate that for just a moment. Do you actually know it's a bad idea? Like, is it verifiably bad? Road tested bad? Did you experience it before and it was bad? Did you try it before to horrific results? Like, truly bad? My guess is this. You just think it's a bad idea. So you ruled it out. And today on this episode of Help Wanted, I am going to show you why sometimes the thing that we think is a liability is really our greatest asset. And I am going to start by telling you how I learned this for myself with one of America's favorite comedians. And I hope that by the end of it, you will feel more empowered to do the thing that you've been avoiding. Because, you know what? Eh, What if there's no good reason you've been avoiding it? Okay, so it all started at 30 Rock. About a year ago, I interviewed Jimmy Fallon for a cover profile in Entrepreneur Magazine. We met at his office at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, and uh, Jimmy's like exactly what you would expect. He's warm, genuine, thoughtful. He gave me a tour of his office, which is not, it's not like a giant office. You can't actually like, it's not a tour, tour, but like he's got so many fun things hanging on the wall and he's got this like big, incredibly absurdly heavy trophy of Rodney Dangerfield. And anyway, he like walked me through all of it. He's like, and this is when this happened. And this is when this, and he was just trying to be welcoming and, 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 and give us some things to talk about. I don't know. I could just see him wanting to please Anyway, we had a great conversation, and it went long beyond our scheduled time. And as we wrapped up, Jimmy invited me to reach out if I had any follow-up questions. And and I said, thanks, I appreciate that, but I have taken up enough of your time, like more time than you had planned to give me. And I wanted to respect that. So I said, I appreciate that, Jimmy, but don't worry, I'm not going to do that. And yet, as I then went home and wrote the story, I realized I had missed a big question. Like there was a part of the story that I did not know how to write. And it's because I didn't ask him this, this thing that I really should have, that I just didn't think to in the moment I I needed to follow up. And so I debated the wisdom of this. I was like, does Jimmy actually want to talk to me again? I mean, he's, he said, follow up if you want to, but was he just being nice? Am I going to be a burden? I tried and tried to finish the story on my own without actually following up, but it just was not working. I needed more from Jimmy. So with some hesitancy, I contacted his PR guy and I asked for a follow-up. And it took a week because Jimmy's a busy guy, but eventually I got him on the phone. And here's, here's the audio from the very beginning of our conversation. I really appreciate you squeezing this in. Uh, it it oh, means I a lot. Love that. I'm like, dude, no one ever takes me up on it. So I'm like, yeah. I <laughs> he's thorough. He's smart. I'd love, dude, 
Oh, that's great. I, I really appreciate that. It's, you know, it's so funny because you, th- you think, uh, oh, following up is a burden. Um, and uh, okay, you may have missed that little moment at the very, very end because I'm so much louder than Jimmy. But Jimmy said never. Right. When I said it's so funny because I think following up is a burden. Jimmy said never. Let's recap that moment because that it goes by real fast, but that was a really big, important moment for me because (laughs) Jimmy's been interviewed many times and he often, he just told me, offers to answer follow-up questions and nobody takes him up on it. (laughs) Jimmy said that no one ever takes me up on it, but I did. And to Jimmy, that wasn't a burden. It was a sign of thoroughness, right? He, he said he said that exactly. He said he said I was like, yeah, he's thorough, he's smart. Let's do it. That's he's talking about me because because I followed up this thing that I thought was a burden. And believe me, this is not just a thing with me and Jimmy. I am often afraid of being a burden to other people because I take up too much of their time, because I need too many things. And I know that a lot of the people that I work with are incredibly, incredibly busy, and I don't want to be a burden. So I try to hold back. And as it turns out, Jimmy is saying that when I follow up, when I ask for more time, I am being thorough, and he appreciates thoroughness. And this moment altered how I think. It really did because it made me start to wonder, like, what else do I think is bad that other people think is good? And you should be wondering the same thing. And here's how to figure it out. So there's a term in psychology that's called the false consensus effect. I love this term. It's the common belief. This is what it means, the false consensus effect. It's the common belief that other people think exactly like you do. Or in research speak, this this is, I'm going to quote here from uh, one of the early articles on the false consensus effect, that people, quote, see their own behavioral choices and judgments as relatively common and appropriate to existing circumstances, end quote. Don't you love how complicated researchers make things sound? But anyway, as a result, we might do or avoid things because we assume that other people think exactly like we do. Like, we may do something because we think this is what everyone would do, or we avoid things because we think everyone else would find this annoying. But we don't actually know if those other people think the same as we do. So isn't it worth a closer look? Like I said at the start of this episode, there's something that you're not doing right now. Like, now take what I've been saying and apply it to you. There's something you're not doing right now because you think it's a bad idea. Maybe it's an interaction with someone or a thing you want to ask or tell or do with them, or maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe it's a project, a change, a new direction. And it is time to see if this is actually, actually a bad idea. Or if you just think it's a bad idea. So we can start with some simple questions, right? Uh, I'll ask uh, four of them. All right, so here's question number one. Why do I think this is a bad idea? So for example, I thought that following up with Jimmy Fallon was a bad idea. Why? Because he and I agreed to a certain amount of interview time. We did that. He already gave me more than that time. That would seem to be enough. But in retrospect, 
that was just why I thought it was a bad idea. I had no idea what anyone else thought about whether or not following up is a bad idea, let alone Jimmy Fallon. So that goes on to our next question. Number two, how do I actually know it's a bad idea? There could be a good answer to this. Maybe the thing that you're considering is mean or reckless or illegal, and those are bad ideas. Don't do any of those things. But maybe you're just considering something new or bold or uncomfortable or unorthodox. Do you know it's a bad idea? Or is this just the false consensus effect at play? Maybe you just assume other people think the way that you do, but you don't actually know. Well, there's only one way to find out, right? So it's time for the third question. Question number three, am I the only one who thinks this? I mean, it can't hurt to ask. How do you do it? Ask multiple people. Poll your trusted friends and colleagues. It really matters. Here's how I learned about that, and actually a lot of this. So I first learned about the false consensus effect from Katie Milkman, who is a Wharton professor who studies how people make decisions. I, I spoke to her for my book, and she told me this. I'm just going to quote her. She said, if you're thinking about how do I make a change or what's the right change, try to think, is there social information I can gather from other people who have pursued a similar path or faced a similar dilemma or actually made these changes? And what can I copy and paste that worked for them? She's done a lot of research on this, and the results are fascinating. For example, Katie and one of her collaborators, Angela Duckworth, did this really interesting study where they gave different advice to two sets of students. One set was told to make a simple plan for increasing their exercise, like, you know, just get more exercise. And then the other set was told to identify someone who already has a good exercise routine and like good habits, and then ask them what their strategy is, and then copy that strategy. So again, the first group was just told, go make a plan to increase your exercise. The second group was told, go find someone who is already really good at having good healthy habits, and then ask them what they do, and just copy it. And wouldn't you know, the students who simply copied other strategies, copied other people's strategies, they had improved outcomes. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so simple, but we don't do this enough. We don't spend time interrogating how other people think and how what they think is different from how we think. Other people's experience is a bountiful resource. We don't take enough advantage of it. And, okay, so are you still not sure if this supposedly bad idea is an actual bad idea? Well, now there's only one question left, which is question four. What is the worst that can happen if I'm wrong? I mean, game it out, truly. What is the worst case scenario of going through with this thing that you think is a bad idea? What's the worst case? Is it that someone says no? Is it that a project fails? Is it that you have to try something else? That somebody's annoyed at you? I mean, if you think back to the Jimmy Fallon thing, my worst case scenario would have been Jimmy Fallon got back on the phone with me but was a little annoyed about it. Uh, okay. It's, it's good to know the potential consequences of our actions and how oftentimes they don't match up to our fear of the action. And now you can compare the worst case scenario against another imagined future. And the other imagined future goes like this. It is, what happens if I never try it? I mean, truly. Okay, so like, here's this thing that you have been debating doing. You worry it's a bad idea. You have now gamed out the worst case scenario of doing it. Now let's game out the other thing, which is like, what happens if you never do it? If you just say, this is a bad idea, I'm skipping. Truly, what happens? 
Are you unfulfilled by the project that you never tried? Are you sad you never opened up to that person, explored that thing? Are you wasting away at a job that you never left because you thought leaving it was a bad idea? Now you can compare which is worse, the small risk of a worst-case scenario or the absolute certainty of not taking action. Sometimes the only way to know is to have the experience. And the experience might surprise you. I mean, here's a similar lesson that I learned. I love doing favors for people. And yet I hate asking for favors. I hate it. It makes me uncomfortable, like I'm being an imposition, like I'm being a burden, which I already talked about how much I fear being a burden. But when my book came out last year, Hot Tip, it's called Build for Tomorrow, an action plan for adapting fast, embracing change, and future-proofing your career. Find it wherever you find books. Build for tomorrow. Anyway, when my book came out last year, I needed help from everyone I knew because launching a book is very, very hard. And that meant calling in like every favor I could from friends, acquaintances, celebrities, even strangers. So after a lot of hesitation, I knew I had to do this and I started doing it. And you know what happened? First of all, People responded with overwhelming enthusiasm. They said yes to almost everything I asked for. It was amazing. I have never felt more supported. But the real shock came next. Many of my good friends, who I had already done many favors for over years, told me some version of this. They said, finally, you've done so much for me, and I've always felt bad that I couldn't repay you, and now I am so happy that I can. And that's when I realized my error. I always thought that asking for favors was a burden to other people. But in truth, the burden was not asking for favors because I was stifling relationships. I was making people uncomfortable because I kept doing things for them and I would not let them do something for me. The thing that I thought was a liability, asking for favors, was actually an asset. And now I act differently. I ask for favors. I'll be honest, I'm still not comfortable doing it. You cannot easily change who you are. But at least I know how other people think. And I know that they don't think like me. And I know that's a good thing, a liberating thing. It means I live in a world of possibilities where I can be wrong in the best possible way. Sometimes we turn over a rock and find a diamond underneath, but we would never know it unless we're willing to turn over the rock. So... Let's go back one more time to that thing you think is a bad idea. Why do you think it's bad? How do you really know? Do others think the same? And honestly, what is the worst that can happen? Maybe it's worth the risk. Or maybe it's not. That's for you to decide. There are no guarantees. But I will say this just to help you engage with a world of limitless potential. Maybe, maybe you should just go do it so that you know what's on the other side of that decision. So your life is larger, more informed, so that you have the experience, so that you know. And so that other people, the people you like, the people you love, or just the people you want to attract or know better, can benefit from the thing you were afraid to give them. That's not such a bad idea, is it? Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe 
a little dance. Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right, well, talk to you soon. 